Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our final interview for this month featuring developers. Today's guest embodies the spirit of a developer in so many inspiring ways, and I am deeply honored to share her with you. Vanessa Varela is an assistant professor in education at Mount Mary University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Her work focuses especially on second language acquisition, ESL, bilingual education, world language, and multicultural literacy. Her current projects include a research on children's books, and the development of an ESL strategy at Mount Mary University. Vanessa is also an author and illustrator of two children's books that exalt the Hispanic heritage among young readers. In this episode, we discuss what being a developer means to Vanessa. She shares her journey coming to the United States, being a second language learner, and creative ways she has found to share her culture with the world, and how Vanessa is working to impact other young girls and women. Vanessa and I agreed that it would be important to mention to you that it is National Hispanic Heritage Month, which lasts September 15th through October 15th here in the United States. Because so much of Vanessa's life mission and her own story ties to empowering Hispanic females, I am grateful to bring to your attention this focus on Hispanic heritage and to lift her voice on this podcast. Her own contributions to representation, elevation, and empowerment of the Hispanic community are significant. What a gift to share with you, Vanessa Varela's developer story. Welcome, Vanessa Varela, to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and for my guests to meet you because you are amazing. Welcome. Thank you, Sarah, for the invitation. Vanessa I can't wait to unpack how you and I know each other and also to just learn more about you because we have this concentrated time to have a conversation instead of the ways that we've always been interacting. But uh, would you do me a favor? And I read your bio at the beginning, but could you just share with the listeners a little bit about your current context and what you're up to in this beautiful world? Oh, thank you for sure. I live in Grafton, Wisconsin, and I am currently an assistant professor in education at Mount Mary University which is a Hispanic service institution. That is awesome. So let's share with the guests a little bit about how we got to know one another because I think it's a fun little journey <laughs> that we've shared. And so we met, was it last fall only? Is Yeah, one year ago. Oh my goodness. Yes. So we're in a study team together for our doctoral studies program. And I think it's awesome to be able to share that piece of us, but also I think it's a good segue just to kind of talk about this idea of developers. I specifically asked for you to be on this particular section of the In Awe podcast because so much of your story, I feel, embodies that idea of developing and growing, and I'm just so inspired by you. So should we kind of start there. Vanessa, do you want to talk about what in the world you're doing in your PhD oh. program and <laughs> why you're there versus why you could be anywhere else, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, I would like to to share with you what is my idea about a developer. Oh, good. Yes, because very... I didn't ask that. That's my fault. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I just came in with that uh, because I think a developer is a person who has that passion and creativity 
you put together these two elements, start creating things and improve them. You just go through fail and get stand up and get better, right? I think that's for me the main idea of being a developer. And that's what I would like to transmit everybody, how we can create our own, we can achieve our own dreams. And then what I'm doing in my PhD is, well, short story, uh, I was hired to become a bilingual teacher. I was an international recruitment. They asked me to work in a bilingual classroom. 100% of my students were students from Central America. That was my my first experience living in the United States. And how long ago was that? About 15 years ago. Okay. And from that point to now, I've been in touch with Hispanic students and knowing a lot of wonderful people in the community. I was able to see some of the beautiful things that our community has to offer, but also something that we need to to improve to really make them part of the society. So here I took us down a track, Mm -hmm. and I am so glad that you went back to this idea of a developer because when I heard you say that it's creativity and passion, I just love those infusing of those words and how that ties to the start of your story there with the 15 years ago making this choice to say yes to this international recruitment into the bilingual world. And yeah. I'm sure that at that time, I'm, I'd just be so curious of what you thought it would be versus what it ended up being <laughs> on the development of your own journey. And what, uh, you know, that's brave to choose to take a leap into a whole other geographic location and work. Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess everything is started like uh, an adventure, but you start getting involved and the process. And well, now I am uh, developing a research about multicultural children books, because this is an important piece of my journey, how we can provide spaces for those kids, especially for the girls, to have the opportunity to speak up and speak out and to have the opportunity to, to see themselves in a book, feel that they belong, all these elements that, that we try to embrace as a community. Okay, so hold on a second. You're a published author. (laughs) We got to make sure to talk about that. I love how you said that you want to be able to create the opportunity for representation in books. And so I think that ties to your research. But can you share about the books that you published and kind of what led you to do that good work? Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel very proud about my first book because that uh, combines the linguistic knowledge. I use cognates, and I only picked 10 cognates. And cognates are words that look the same or sounds the same. And I try to, to embrace uh, the attributes of a Hispanic girl. So that's the title, The Attributes of a Hispanic Girl, I can. I, I want the girls see that, right? The majority of the books that are related to the Hispanic community, they talk about this hard relation between find yourself and the family that sometimes the family can can be hard, right? So I wanted to change a little bit that story and start from the beginning with, with the little girls, right? And let them know that they have the attributes to to be successful in life, that they have imagination, that they can be leaders, that they can add, that they have the, the energy to do things. 
So that's what I decided to use it. And it's pink. The book is pink. And I like that because when I go to schools, uh, the big surprises for the boys is like, why we are reading a pink book? <laughs> yes. And then I think that's a wonderful opportunity for me to start talking about stereotypes and how we came, uh, we all together have those attributes, right? Not only girls, but boys. And then it's interesting how the, the kids start talking about that, right? And how the moms or the female figures at home also have those attributes. <laughs> so that's something that I enjoy. Yeah. And the other book is, is about animals. And again, you use cognates and all the animals are from Latin America. And uh, again, Rice try to project a little bit the, the beautiful of, uh, of um, the Hispanic culture. And I think it's something that I want to present to the kids. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. And listeners, you can get Vanessa's books right on Amazon. And I was looking at the cover as you were saying that it's pink. And I just love this. Uh, so attributes of a Hispanic girl, I can. Mm-hmm. And then you go through those cognates to show, you know, that illustration of what you were talking about with helping empower girls. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love that so much. Uh, it's not easy to conceptualize and write a book, but then to go through that whole process of publishing. And I'm so curious, did you do the illustrations or did you have somebody illustrate? No, I love illustrating. I love uh, drawing. I shared the book before I published it with a couple of friends and and they were like, do you only have lines? Like, yes, that's what I wanted to project. The lines represent a lot. There's, for example, two volcanoes in one of them and the cognate I can explore. And and those two volcanoes are the volcanoes that are outside of Mexico City. In every point of Mexico City, you can see those volcanoes. And they also represent a story of love because one of them is a, it has the shape of a lady sleeping and a volcano, like the regular shape. But that is the men. And this is coming from a Hastic story of love. So she passed away and he is in his knee, uh, waiting for her to wake up. So that kind of things that they are simple lines, but they have a lot of meaning. But I just enjoy the process. And when I have the opportunity and we talk with just about one cognate, we go through those little meaningful aspects of the book. I love that. (laughs) And so you're teaching linguistics while also weaving in culture and empowerment. And I just love that so much. (laughs) It's amazing. And so you have the attributes of Hispanic girl, but you also have the book on animals. And that one is Fauna in Latin America, our animals. Mm -hmm. And so that one was, was that just published last year? Yes. Last year. We published it last year. As I said, I I think that I try to talk about uh, those animals that are part of our culture, too. The jaguar is, is an important animal for the Maya and Aztec culture, but also I have the alpaca, which is a, an, an important animal for the Inca culture. Uh, we also have the quetzal from Guatemala. Uh, so I try to use some of, of the most common animals in our mythology. I, I just like it. I have a a toucan from Costa Rica, 
and that was a present from me to Marilyn. <laughs> you know Marilyn. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, actually, if you, if you uh, open the book, there is a acknowledge to her for all the support that I have received from her. And I think that's also important, right, to provide, to recognize and thank people that has been supporting to you in your career. And she's one of those persons. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. It's uh, for the listeners that didn't catch that, Marilyn is another one of our study team members, but the two of you know each other deeper than that. And she's actually going to be on the podcast upcoming, which is really exciting to have that connection mentioned. Mm -hmm. So she gave you a gift and a lift, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's so cool. And I, I love, because when I think about your story as a developer, I think about your own journey here in the United States, um, being a second language learner. And I know that probably we could have an entire podcast full of teaching from that experience, but then also that you've taken this and you're creating. So it's not just, um, kind of grinding away and doing the day-to-day -day work directly with students. You developed a message that can serve widely. And a lot of my listeners are educators. And so I think I don't, I didn't catch this one in the first book, but this one for the animals, you said that it's great for English or Spanish um, as second language from K3 to fifth grade. Is that for both books, do you think? Yes. I mean, um, we are very technical. Uh, any of the books are matched with the uh, reading levels, but I think they, they have the, the, the opportunity to open doors for conversations. The idea that have that I have pictures or uh, illustrations that the students can make connections with, right? Uh, you can as you can as a teacher use those elements to develop a story or to talk about cultural elements that the students know or have heard from parents or from their parents or their grandparents, right? Yeah. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. So listeners, you got to grab those books. <laughs> They're so good. And I also appreciate how you um, have, like you said, it's very technical, but it's also so creative for you to be able to develop these from start to finish. That's really powerful mm -hmm. and using so many different gifts and also kind of doing that while you have a full-time job and you're a mom and you've got all of the things going on. It's very inspiring, Vanessa. Thank you. You know what? Um, one time, one of the uh, directors I was working with, we were organizing an event, and she told me, yeah, but you need to be an example of a modern Latina woman. Hmm. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that. <laughs> and, but then I guess what she meant is how you can show other Hispanic girls and you a lady, a young ladies, that you have the, the ability to achieve your dreams. Your own work talks by itself. And I think at the end, that's what I, I am trying to do. Uh, every time that I have a chance to talk with, a, with everybody, with all the students, not necessarily with the Hispanic girls, is how complex has become the role of being a woman in the society. There is a lot of expectations about our job as a female, as a mom, as moms and workers and is complex. But at the same time, because we have also the passion and we have also the skills and we have also the dreams, is what really makes you be 
I'm a Latina modern woman, right? <laughs> that person that has the love to provide the love. Like as I said, education is an act of love, right? So that's women have that. We provide love and we can transform using our love, right? I think that's that's the heart of the of any modern woman, right? It's not that we have just many things to do because we want this because we wanna provide this uh, support in terms of love and empowerment and courage. I am so stunned in this moment. And I have really thought a lot about the complexity of females and women and professional working women and families and all the things. And of course, the challenges that we get in that world, but then also the gift that you just gave, putting it in the context from when you're thinking about it culturally is really powerful because we do these things out of love. It's not just that we need to do the things to be recognized or achieve or et cetera. It comes from your heart. And I think so many women listening to this podcast can relate to what you said. And I hope that what you said hit them the way it hit me because I get so tired, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) I get into that cycle of just being so tired of constantly trying to give those pieces of myself and doing it in a way that's not reducing my passion or reducing my light. But, you know, there are some times when it gets really hard, but grounding yourself in the space of love just reminds us that we do it for pro- the best reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think that uh, it's part of our nature, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah. We are not only multitask, but we, are, we, we provide love, like mm-hmm. in a natural way. <laughs> right? and, and being in education, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and that's what we do every day, every time that you sit down with a student, every time that you prepare your lesson plans, every time that you have a meeting. So those are little pieces that show the love that you have, which put together with the mission of your life. Well, yeah. and I love that. And it's not to say for men listening that you don't have the love. Of course, we know that you do. <laughs> but I do uh, really appreciate what you're bringing out here. It's like my heart is blooming <laughs> just listening to you. That's why I think women can really, if we're just able to stay elevated in those high-level roles, we can really transform cultures with that love. Yes, absolutely. I just appreciate that so much. And I feel like we need to tie these books to your research because I think (laughs) it would be really powerful for you to talk about that. What is it that you're studying? One of the main things that i interesting is... uh, as, as most of the multicultural research is to talk about the amounts of books that are attached to the cultural, the demography, the population. How, what is the relation between the number of the books that um, talk about different ethnicities, different languages, different cultures inside the classroom? And what is the relation with the, the demography? There are some areas, some schools that, as I said, 100% of the students are Hispanic. There are other schools that have the majority are African-American, and there are other uh, schools that have 50 and 50. And so the representation of those ethnicities or races in, um, in the textbooks 
is important because we talk about connections, engagement, um, motivation, and honoring the culture of those students in the classroom. And some of the research that had been done show that, right, that there is a correlation between the performance on the levels of reading and what happened when the students don't see themselves uh, represented in the books. So that's probably the, 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 the big umbrella of the research. But in particular, uh, I am trying to figure it out how those books have helping the Hispanic girls to embrace the idea of speaking. And if we want to go a little bit deeper, it's more about the voice of the girls, which is a little bit different, right? Because when we talk about speaking, you're talking about from the linguistic um, perspective, speaking requires certain abilities and vocabulary, and there is a cognitive process there, accent, etc. But when you talk about the voice of the girls, we are talking about more elements that include the empowerment, the claiming the space, the, the saying, I am here and I am valuable. You can achieve your dreams. And I think that that's what I wanted to, to get into a little bit more deep in deep. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. It's a big project when you think about it, yes. but I think it's a worthy project and I am so excited to see what you end up Thank creating you. and developing for the rest of us to learn from. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's amazing too that it's tied to so much of your own particular passions. And I know that whatever you discover is definitely going to inform how you move forward too and keep using your own gifts and your love because I can see that it's already something that you are doing. And so anybody who's been on a dissertation journey knows that it's a big mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So hopefully that, you know, that connection to your own gifts and your own passions, as well as this big picture and this big vision of what you'd like to do with your life. I, the, you know, you keep moving up that mountain and I just can't wait to keep cheering you on because that just sounds awesome. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Are you specifically targeting your research to the Wisconsin population? Oh, no, this is an, an interesting question. I would like to create a, a quantitative research. Yes. So I am I'm going to start pretty soon. Uh, looking for participants, and mm. I would like to have, if possible, you know, uh, Hispanic authors and uh, illustrators, uh, because I would like to to know a little bit more about their work and and match it with this um, idea about multicultural children books. So yes, so I will pretty soon start reaching out those. <laughs> All right, listeners. So if you know, or you are an Hispanic author and illustrator, you got to get connected with Vanessa, help her out. Thank you. Thank you. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And you know, that's the difficult part of the quantitative research, the participants. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And as I mull over my whole ugh, ideas too, it's it's just one of those things where I think once you get, you'll you'll end up finding plenty. But especially since you're trying to fill a gap, right? Your our research is trying to figure out how to fill that gap. And so you know that it's gonna be you're trying to do quantitative, so you're trying to get larger numbers. Yeah. But you kind of know that they might, you know, they're smaller already. You already know that from your research. So, oh my goodness, I just wish you the best. And please, listeners, lift this message so you can help her find some more to do this big work for us. All right, my friend, are you ready for those two questions that I ask every awesome guest of the In Awe podcast? Okay, I, I guess, yes. <laughs> Yay. All right. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I don't know exactly at what age. I, I guess I can say that when I was six years old or uh, 12 years old, but uh, probably to develop more, they go get it and being a risk taker. I think in my, in my history, there was a moment in which I was just having a dream, but, but I didn't work toward that. I was just not concentrated in the important things. and getting involved with people that I know that they were toxic. <laughs> so probably that's what I would tell myself. I think that some of the beautiful things that had happened in my life is that I had known that, that my parents loved me, my siblings, my family. That's a, that's a Latino part, right? <laughs> family is very important for us. And now I have the love of my dad and the love of my husband. And I think that's... That's something that had transformed my life. There is always a word, a positive word, and reinforcement that that I can do things. And that's what I'm saying, right? Maybe I was very spoiled in that sense that I didn't really pay too much attention in what I needed to do. And I still think that I'm working in this being risk taker. <laughs> I think I I surpassed surpassed the go getter. And now I need to to move into that direction, right? Take the risk. And, and, so, yeah. Well, so, I think it's all relative, right? Because um, obviously it's a risk to try to publish messages and to take your the journey of the PhD and to switch roles and to – you know, risk a lot of vulnerability by coming on a podcast. So if you're, if you would allow me, I think that maybe you don't see yourself quite accurately in that way that you definitely do take risks and maybe they're not as big as the dreams in your head. And so you're going to get there someday, but I love hearing that kind of historical message to yourself that echoes back to you now in your ears. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. How about this one? Okay. If a listener finds themselves in a pit of fear or doubt. What could you just say to help them rise up out of it? Oh, do you know what? One of the things that I uh, that I like the most about so those those kind of uh, skills, if you want to say, that make me move forward is the sense of to be open to the changes. Every time that's something that that isn't, it doesn't go the way I want it. Um, I think about that how I am able to adapt myself to new contexts. And that had helped me a lot. But I also got the same thing with the um, with idea of give you the opportunity to start again. And I think this is something that 
that sometimes sometimes we think that everything is over and there is no way we can um, we can we can solve problems and and I think you have to you have to see the context you need to adapt to the new context and you need to give yourself the opportunity to to start again and that's something that I, that had helped me in in my career and sometimes in my personal life you said give yourself the opportunity mm-hmm. to start again i love that that's very profound and uh, it just i know that it's resonating with a listener right now but i always love this part of the podcast cuz it resonates with me too um, and I just think about your story and I think about how many, how many chapters you could write <laughs> that would probably illustrate that exact yeah. message. So I can't wait to keep reading them. My friend, as you continue to challenge yourself and use your gifts to develop others while you're developing your own insights, I just find you to be a deeply inspiring person. And I'm so grateful that we're connected and I'm seriously so grateful that listeners got to listen to your story, part of your story today. And so thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show and for sharing all these awesome insights. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It's always very nice talking with you. Oh, same. (laughs) So, okay. How about this? If listeners want to get in touch with you, is there a way for them to interact with you after this interview, Vanessa? Oh, yeah. Well, I I have a blog. It is called Language Edition. And I also have um, a Facebook page that it's called Attributes of a Hispanic Girl. Awesome. So we will be sure to link the blog and the Facebook page so that listeners can engage. And of course, you can get both her books on Amazon to add to classroom libraries, lessons, all the great things. We'll make sure to link those too so that it's really easy for you. Oh, my friend, thank you so much for this time. I appreciate you. And I just can't wait to see how your journey continues to unfold. And I just know that there has been a mission in your message today. So thank you for getting on the show with me and for sharing all of these awesome, awesome thoughts. Uh, Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you, everybody. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.